Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossford, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossit.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. See, one of our prayer targets this week was expectation. To have an expectation. And then Sister Julie brought it out this morning in prayer, and then Minister Rhonda brought it again. But you know, we all have an expectation. We don't have to pray for an expectation. We have an expectation. Good or bad. But we have an expectation. And what I was just sitting over there and I was just seeing... Because God has spoke to me before and he says how we perceive him determines how far we will go with him. So how we perceive God determines on our expectation from him. If we perceive God that he's out to get me, that if I mess up, he's going to take something from me then that's the expectation we have of him but if we really know God we know that God is a giver so our expectation should be that when we come before him that he's got something for me He's not always looking to take something from me. He's looking to give me something. He's looking to trust me with something. He's looking to give me a revelation. So it all determines, it all hinges on our perception of who he is. The title of this word this morning is Jesus. <laughs> the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. In John 14, 6, Jesus said this himself about himself. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. That means that he is, there is only one way to the Father. One. And it's through Jesus. I am. 
when you look up well, in Isaiah 45, 5, this is God talking. It says, I am the Lord and there is none else. There is no God beside me. When he says, I am the way, that means it is the only way. There's not options. I am the way. That was in John 14, 6. When he said, I am the truth, that means that he is the truth. There is no other truth outside of Jesus. <laughs> and then when he says, I am the life, there is no other life outside of Jesus. I may be alive physically, but I do not have, but outside of Jesus, I do not have life. I do not have the life of God. In Exodus 3.14, God said to Moses, I am that I am. Which means God always was and always will be. He is eternal and self-existent. He is the beginning and the end. He is Alpha and Omega. And he is the and part. When he said, I am Alpha and Omega, Alpha, beginning, Omega, end, he is the middle part as well. He's not just the beginning and the end. He's all of it from start to finish. We talk about the name of Jesus is above every name. It's above every name. Did you know that the name of Jesus was also before every name? The name of Jesus was before every name. John 1, 1 through 4. Let's look at that. The name of Jesus was before every name. John 1, in the beginning was the Word, that's Jesus, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. I am has always been and always will be. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Deuteronomy 31, 6. Tells us that God goes with us 
we don't have to put that one on there. That God goes with us. That means he's with me. Wherever I go, he's constantly with me. But also it goes on down in verse 8. It says that God goes before me. <laughs> God can go with me and before me all at the same time. God can walk with me and walk into my future where I'm not at. That's how big he is. Okay. Isaiah 46. Nine and ten. says, remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning. And from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do my pleasure. Declaring the end from the beginning. When God starts something, he already knows the outcome. When God starts something in your life, he already knows the outcome. He knows the process that it's going to take for you to get there. He knows the process. So God declares when he starts something in you, he declares the end of it before you ever see the end of it. That's the God that we serve. Hallelujah. So when he said, I am the way, when Jesus said that, I am the way. What that actually means is that when things look impossible, When things look impossible, Jesus steps in and creates a way where there is no way. When things look impossible, most of the time before we turn to God, we, we exhaust all of our options. We exhaust our options. But Jesus says, even when you've exhausted all of your options, I am the way. I am the way. What does the way do? The way. Jesus creates a way. So what is the way? Jesus creates a way for the truth to be revealed. The way opens the door for the supernatural to take place. So when we go into the throne room in prayer and we get a word from God, we see we receive truth. 
if you would, Julie, would you put that scripture back up there? The first one that I had, John 14, 6. See, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And it's just, you can just leave it there for a minute. When Jesus opened the door for us to go into the throne room of God, we go in there and we receive truth. That's all that's, all that's in there is truth. Think about that. When you go get into prayer, and you get into the throne room of God and you hear God speak. The only thing he is going to speak to you is truth. The only thing he is going to speak to you in that secret place is truth. That's all that he can speak to you. Because he is truth. He sent the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Truth. So when the Holy Spirit speaks, he speaks nothing but the truth. It doesn't matter what it sounds like to your natural mind. It doesn't matter what it looks like in the natural. If you got into the presence of God and he spoke, it is the truth. That's where we struggle a whole lot. It, the truth, the Holy Ghost will speak, and we wonder if it's the truth. We may not say we wonder if it's the truth, but our actions say. Our actions prove that we wonder if it's the truth. We say I trust God all day long. But when he speaks a word to us, it is nothing but the truth. I keep saying that because I think we've got to really get an understanding of that. When the Holy Ghost speaks, it is nothing but the truth. It does not matter what it looks like. Can't remember the prophet's name right now. I want to say it was Elijah. Anyway, he prophesied rain, I mean a drought, for like two and a half years. He prophesied a drought. And then he went and told the king, there was nothing in the, no cloud in the sky. He went and told the king, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. It was a bright, sunny day, probably like it is right now, except there were no clouds in the sky. He said, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. So if you go backwards in that story and look to see what he heard, what he heard was God told him, says, I'm sending rain. The fact says... There's not a cloud in the sky. It's not possible. God said it's fixing to rain. 
That was the truth. That was the supernatural truth. See, the supernatural truth, if we will embrace it, will override the natural circumstances. Override. That word means to have final authority or to prevail over. You ever wonder why Jesus could walk on water? Fact says that you can't walk on water. The natural realm says that you cannot walk on water. Not at any time in my entire life have I stepped into any water and my foot didn't want to go through it. It's just automatic. Truth says water will hold you up. Truth said when Jesus spoke to Peter, Peter said, told him, says, Lord, tell me to come to you. And Jesus spoke one word. That's all that's recorded that he spoke. He said, come. That one word was truth from heaven. And when Peter stepped out on that one word, which is a supernatural truth from heaven, he walked on water. That one word overrode the laws of gravity. Isaiah 55, 8. says, this is God, says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. I was sitting there on the, on the couch and I was reading that and I read where God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. And what come out of me was, thank you, God, that your thoughts are not my thoughts. Then I went on and read, neither are your ways my ways. I said it again, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that my ways and your ways are not the same. I mean, I'm working on it. But most of the time, my thoughts and his thoughts are not the same. Verse 9, God says, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My, my word in verse 10 shall not return unto me void. My word, my truth shall not return unto me void. It shall prosper where I send it. I heard God tell me one time, he said, I heard this in prayer is the way God thinks is out of this world. <laughs> it literally is. The way God thinks is out of this world. 
it's out of the natural realm. So Jesus is the way. He is the way to the truth. Think about that. Jesus is the way to the truth. He opened the door so that we could go into the spirit realm and receive the truth. And the truth is the way to life. Because without the truth, there is no life. Without the way, there is no way to the truth. It's in order. Jesus is the way to the truth, and the truth is the way to life. So when we embrace the truth, life comes. John 10, 10, Jesus said, I am come that they might have life. They might have it more abundantly. I can't remember. I think it was Apostle Eileen brought this out years ago, that the truth and the facts are not always the same thing. The truth and the facts are not always the same. Something can be a fact, but not be the truth. <laughs> See, facts are what we perceive with our natural senses. Fact tells me that I can't walk through that opening without opening the door. Truth is, Jesus did. The facts and the truth are not always the same. Hallelujah. John 2, 5. Let's look at that one. So what we see in the natural is not always the truth. That's what we have to understand. John 2, verse 5. This is where this is Jesus' first miracle. Says, and his mother, talking about Jesus' mother, said unto the servants, Whatsoever he says unto you, do it. <laughs> I think that's where we miss it right there. Whatsoever he says unto you, do it. Regardless of what it looks like. Because, see, they needed wine at this marriage feast. And what does Jesus tell them to do? Verse 7, he says, Go fill the water pots with water. Uh, they need wine. And then he tells them before he doesn't say anything else. Then he says, after you fill it with water, draw it out and take it and have the uh, governor taste it, try it. The servants knew they put water in the water pots. But they were obedient to the word. They were obedient to the words. And somewhere in the process, that water turned into wine. 
the widow woman with the well in Luke four, I mean Luke seven, tells a story of a woman that had lost her son and he was they were having a funeral. It says in one of the script one of the verses that he was dead. That's Luke seven, eleven through eighteen. It says that he was dead. But Jesus comes along and revives him. Let's look at that. Luke seven eleven. We'll skip down to verse 12. It says, And when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother. And she was a widow. And much people of the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said unto her, Weep not. And he came and touched the bearer. And they that bare him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say unto thee, arise. Fact is, the young man was dead. The way showed up, spoke the truth. And then came life. He was raised back up. Luke 6. 6 through 11. This is the story of the man with the withered hand. And it came to pass on, this, on another Sabbath that he entered into the synagogue and taught. And there was a man whose right hand was withered. And the scribes and the Pharisees, we know all the whole story. We're going to come on down to verse 10. And looking around about them, about upon them, he said unto them, unto the man, Stretch forth thy hand. And he did so, and his hand was restored whole as the other. Fact is, the man's hand was withered. And I don't know about you, but more than likely, that man had already tried physical therapy. I know. I would have probably done been pulling on that thing, trying to straighten them fingers out. My own self. He had already done that. He had already tried to do what Jesus said to do in his own, in the natural. But when the way showed up and spoke the truth, told him to stretch forth his hand, he stretched forth his hand, and life came. Life came. Jesus calmed the storm by saying, peace be still. See, when truth comes, it's not just truth. It's truth from heaven. It's truth in the supernatural realm. And that truth overrides everything else. John 12. Let's look at, before we go there, let's look at Matthew 8, 32.
Matthew chapter 8, verse 32. This is where Jesus cast the devils out of two demoniacs. And he simply said, go. Go. That's all he spoke to him. But the reason it worked is because that word came from heaven. That word was the truth of God intervening in that situation. And then life came to those men. It was a truth from heaven. John 12. John 12, 49. Jesus said, for I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me, he gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his commandment is life everlasting. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father said unto me, so I speak. Jesus spoke only what God told him to speak. That's why he walked in 100% victory. 100% of the time is because he spoke life. He spoke the truth from heaven. That's where we've got to get to be. We've got to get to the place to where we speak only the truth from heaven over our circumstance. Where we get in God's presence and we get a word from him and we speak truth. That truth. The one thing that we try to teach here is to get a word from God. That's what we do teach. But we've got to, t- but we've got to get a word from God for ourselves. I like to give people words, but I'll tell you one thing. It carries a whole lot more weight when God speaks it to you. when God speaks it to you personally. We've got to get to the place to where where God is my I am. Where is my I am. We've got to get to the place to where he is my way. To where he is my truth. And then he becomes my life. We've got to connect to him personally. We've got to connect to him ourselves. And how do we do that? See, we live in two realms. We live in the natural realm and we live in the spirit realm. But you know, the spirit realm is not way out there. I've just been seeing this more and more here lately. The spirit realm is right here. It's it's right here. 
we see in the natural realm, but the spirit realm is right here. It is one heart cry away. It is one heart cry away. All I have to do is cry out to Jesus from my spirit, from my heart, and I just step right into the spirit realm. It's not. <laughs> I think we make it difficult sometimes. We think, we think the spirit realm is way off out there, and we gotta, we gotta pull all that into here. We gotta pull heaven into here. It's here. It's here. We just got to lose control of our natural self and cry out to God from our spirit, and then we just step right into the spirit realm. Just like that. Second Corinthians 3.17 says, Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. See, and when I get to the place to where Jesus is my way, Jesus is my truth, Jesus is my life, then I can help somebody else. And that's the whole point. That's the whole point. That's, the, that's what the gospel is all about. Right there. It's me laying down my life so that Jesus can be the way, the truth, and the life to me and through me. John twelve thirty two. Jesus said, If I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. When we allow Jesus to be the way, the truth, and the life to me, then it draws other people. It draws other people. Because that's what we got to do. That's the revelation that we got to have is he's got to be my way. He's got to be my truth. He's got to be my life. I can't live off of Pastor Dana's life. We used to Years ago, before we got came to freedom, we traveled a lot, going to different places, going to different to hear different preachers speak. And she was on fire for God then, still is, never quit. I went on vacation. I'm just saying, I worked at the mill. <laughs> And having a revival down south in Pensacola at the beach. Let's go. She's pursuing God. I'm sitting in the service, waiting for the service to be over so I can pursue the beach. It's the truth. It went on like that for quite some time. He never became my way my truth and my life until I started pursuing him. He wasn't my way, my truth, and my life 
through her. He won't be your way, your truth, and your life through me. He'll be your way and your truth and your life when you pursue him yourself. He wants a personal relationship with you. He wants to know you. He wants to know you. He already knows you. He also wants you to know him. He wants you to know him as your, his, as your way. He wants you to know him as the truth. And he wants you to know him as life. So if you want me to pray for him that you know him more, that he become real to you, then I want to pray for you. If you want to know him on a deeper level, because there is no... There is no stopping point in knowing Jesus. There is no, uh, I have arrived. There is always more to know about God. There is always another realm. There is always another revelation. So if you want to know Jesus more, if you want to know him as your way, your truth, and your life, then I want to pray for you. And the reason is the Bible tells us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, and that's for a purpose, that's for strength. But if you're out there on your own somewhere and you need something from God, and Pastor Robert's not close at hand, maybe his cell phone battery died, or Pastor Dana, we're off somewhere where we don't get signal, what you going to do? You got to know him. You got to know him for yourself. Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed. In Jesus' name.